Cougs house. The Houston Cougars' odds are out for the 2023 football season, our first season of the Big 12. And I got to say, there is one or two of these odds that jump out the page to me as I look at what the rest of the country thinks of our Houston Cougars. You are Locked On Cougs, your daily podcast on the Houston Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Cougs, the daily podcast about your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston-born teacher and coach, Parker Andrews, that break down all things Cougs. If you're a U of H fan or just a hater can step by, please be sure to subscribe down below. That way you can lace the Cougs in your newsfeed each and every day. We appreciate you making Locked On Cougs your first listen of the day. Uh, welcome back to YouTube channel every day. It's good to see you again. It's been a fun, fun week here at Locked On Cougs, talking things about the Big 12 chaos and transfer portals and uh, football rosters and things like that. Today, we're going to talk about odds makers, not because necessarily want to talk about gambling, although we're going to use our friends from FanDuel as a reference on the sports book, but more so because I want to talk about the conversation it looks like that means it's being had around the country for our Houston Cougars. Remember, we're giving something away every 250 subscribers. This 250, we're giving away a hat, just like the one I got on. Cougar paw on the front, locked on on the side. Uh, it's got the little Nike because it's a dry fit hat. I will be giving that away to someone at 1,250 subscribers. Uh, we are approaching it, so make sure you hit subscribe down below and then like and comment to let us know that you're in the contest. Um, if uh, you know you listen to this and we talk about some football and some baseball and you're like, I'm kind of tired of that, I want to talk about something else, tell us if when you're picking a fast food restaurant, do you generally lean towards burger places or chicken joints? There's a difference. Tell me which one you got. All right, so again, I want to talk about the football-specific uh, Odds to Houston in the first segment. Look at the Big 12 odds in the second segment. And then in that third and final segment, I want to do some looking at the baseball teams that have a big weekend. I'm going to kind of make sure I shed some light on them because they're having a crazy, crazy year, folks. So first, let's start with our odds on the Houston Cougars. Now, I have to say that our odds, first of all, are presented by our buddies over at FanDuel. But the odds in order as they pertain to the Houston Cougars for future bets right now, the win total is set at over under four and a half. So you would theoretically be betting if they went over or under four and a half games. Uh, they are minus 142 on over, plus 116 on the under. Slight favor on the over there. To win the Big 12 as a whole is plus 8,000. That means winning the Big 12 championship game, not just the regular season. Uh, winning the national title is at plus 50,000. And for Donovan Smith to win the Heisman is also set at plus 50,000. I want to go through these one by one, kind of in quick hitter order. First, the 4.5 win total feels insulting. And I don't, you know, I have to say, I, I hope I'm not the only person that saw that and was kind of insulted because three of those four and a half games, theoretically, are the non-con group of five opponents. Houston has UTSA, Rice, and Sam Houston State as non-conference opponents this season. And theoretically, for a Big 12 team, I understand that UTSA is a growing program. I understand that Rice gave you some problems in that rivalry game last year. But as a growing program, those are games Houston should just have in the bag um, and be moving into the Big 12 because other Big 12 teams would as well. I think it's interesting to look at that because that really means what they're betting on there, assuming those things go the way they should, is does Houston win 
one or two conference games. And it's a fairly even contest. Again, at minus 142 on the over, plus 116 on the under. Uh, that means if you put $100 on it, you would get $100. you would have to get $100, uh, $142 to get up to win $100 on the over or bet $100 and win $116 on the under. So that's all fairly close. Um, I, I think that means, A, this is splitting fairly 50-50 across the board on national uh, on national like bets. But it's also interesting because... I look at their schedule and I see a lot more wins than that. I mean, the first conference win I would see would probably be Oklahoma State. They had a pretty rough year last year. Lost Mr. Sanders, et cetera, et cetera. Iowa State also a pretty rough year. Like the Big 12 is not always correct. That's be. You're also seeing Houston get to play a pair of fellow group of five moving into the, into the uh, Big 12 opponents in Cincinnati and UCF down the stretch. Honestly, I kind of think that if you're looking at Houston, I understand that they're you know making some mix-ups, but with the transfers they pulled in, the th- fears I have about Houston are typically lineman depth. And those are teams that should have the same fears. They're just coming out of the same kind of situations moving into the Big 12. So I, I have to say that, A, you should go hit the over and make some money on this. But, B, I, I just see that number as an insulting. We haven't paid much attention to Houston in a while. And that's really, really unfortunate. Interestingly enough, Houston is tied for last and wins over under predictions at four and a half but is not dead last in winning the Big 12 as a conference. Houston's at plus 8,000, which is second to last. BYU, for what it's worth, is dead last at plus 10,000. And what's interesting to me about that number is, frankly, um, BYU has played Big 12 teams in the last decade in non-conference games and certainly had more success than Houston has had recently i mean they knocked off texas back when Taysom hill was there um they've played tech they played a handful of other big 12 teams in the last decade and had some success and now houston we know last year lost to texas tech on a close one and lost to kansas before Jalen daniels was hurt and you know i i would understand i would kind of assume that odds makers would kind of favor the byu program there they also for what it's worth while they don't play houston typically have an easier time getting in power five size linemen because of how wide ranging the uh, Mormon recruiting field is like they can go all over the world finding different linemen. Uh, they typically have a bunch of large Pacific Islanders on the line. And it's really, really crazy to see like that. That's a, you know, been a group of five team for so long um, and independent, I guess some as well. I, I just, I don't know. It's an interesting thing to see that they have Houston above BYU to win the big 12. I would say to go put some money on that because at plus 8,000, I mean, we're going to be rooting for that to happen anyway. And like, Hundred bucks get you eight grand. Like that seems pretty, pretty nice to me. Why not root for it and watch it at the same time? The national title game, I think, at plus fifty thousand is funny um, because, frankly, we saw TCU last year get the national title game out of the Big Twelve without winning the conference. Um, we talked earlier this week. The everyday you're already nodding. I got you. I got you. I got you. Tell us down below how early on this soliloquy you nodded. But BYU kind of laid out an outline for how Houston could grow into very quickly that kind of team that like can make that kind of run. I mean, BYU, uh, TCU won a bunch of close games in the Big 12 last year, didn't win the conference title game, but still got to the college football playoff. Houston played in a bunch of close games last year, was on the wrong end of a couple. Those games could feel like coin flips in a lot of ways. Um, man, oh man, I just feel like 50K, like I I would do a lot worse things than burn a $100 bill to get a 50K. So I, I, anyway, I, I, see, I see why people are doing that one. But perhaps the most interesting one to me, is that small one again as you're decreasing in uh, national value there um, or national, I think, hype there. The Heisman Trophy has Donovan Smith at plus 50,000. Now, 
Donovan Smith could have a record-breaking season at Houston, and I still don't know if he'd win the Heisman because the preseason hype alone feels like Caleb Williams, Caleb Williams of USC is almost insurmountable. But I will say that as I look at this, what that really tells me is that he's the only Houston quarterback on the list. So the national media certainly thinks that Donovan Smith has the job, even though we had no spring game to confirm that it would happen. Uh, Donovan Smith, I guess, did start some games at Texas Tech last season, and I think he will be an impactful quarterback and at least a goal line package if he's not the starter. But I, I'm still hearing both ways as far as who will start games, he or Lucas Coley, and plus 50000 for him and no mention of Lucas Coley to me tells me that the national media has an understanding of him at least starting the season as the starter. That's an interesting move for me. I'm going to be following a little bit more closely. But when that came out this week, I was like, whoa, why is he the only guy on there? Um, I will also point out that while we all freaked out about all McCaskill leaving, he is not on the list at all. And I would have frankly thought that before he entered the transfer portal, if Houston were to have a person on it, it would be McCaskill. Because we saw what Ty J Spears did with Iman Yagavi's run offense at uh, Tulane. We know that Alton McCaskill is a fantastic pro-bound running back one day, and it really hurts to see him leave, but he's not on it at all. And I guess admittedly he's not on a team either, but he would not be the only person in the transfer portal on the list. Um, and so I I wonder if that's, uh, you know, maybe I was over, too worried about that one when it happened, or perhaps maybe it's just that quarterback heavy. There are not only quarterbacks on the list of people with odds to win the Heisman, but there are certainly the majority of them, which leads me to why I think my last shocker on this is that it's not Matthew Golden. I think by and large, we all are the skill positions win the Heisman, often skill positions, right? Wide receivers are less often than the others. But I do feel fairly confident in saying that I feel like Matthew Golden is the best player returning on the offense or certainly the best skill player with Patrick Paul being a really good left tackle. And, um, you know, I, I have to say that like, while it's not common that wide receivers win it, if you're going to put a Houston Cougar on it and be an offensive skill position player, I would have assumed it was going to be Matthew Golden. Now, that is all to say that FanDuel odds are, A, not certain. They are flexible, and they will change over the course of the season. And they're certainly not set in stone. But I do think that it's interesting to look at these as far as what they tell us with the national picture. In a moment, I'll talk about what they tell us about the Big 12 Conference, just in looking at the win-loss totals as a whole, or the over-underlines, I should say. But first... Let's talk about Built Bar. Now, Built Bar is my favorite one of these to do because it's really and truthfully and honestly, I say this every time, something I was using before Lockdown Cooks was even a thought in anyone's mind. Uh, Built Bars are what I have for breakfast most mornings. I grab a couple on my way out the door. I'm a big coconut almond fan. My wife loves the double chocolate, so we get a couple of those as well. Um, we both teach, and they're a really easy, high-protein, great macro snack and breakfast. If you grab a couple, I'm a little bigger guy, so I grab a couple of them on the way out. Um, I, I don't know how to describe them besides that they're just amazing. What makes Bill Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real dark chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. They come unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, cookies and cream, and more. I'm not sure how Bill does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy. They're only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein in most bars. You can head to your local Walmart or Sam's Club to pick up uh, your flavors Wherever you, you prefer, you get a four-bar box at Walmart, a special, a bigger 13-bar box, Baker's Dozen at Sam's Club. If you want more special, unique flavors, go to Built.com. I'm telling you, head to your nearest Walmart, Sam's Club, Built.com, whatever, and get these things today. You won't regret it. I recommend that coconut almond. Go get Built to 
day. All right. So I said that I want to talk some about how the idea of the betting odds tell us something about what the national media is also saying about the Big 12. And so I have the full Big 12 odds pulled up here, again, from our, friend, our friends at FanDuel. As far as the over-under in uh, wins, they have UT Austin and Oklahoma both set at 9.5 wins. Uh, Kansas State and TCU and Baylor and Texas Tech each locked in there at 7.5 wins. Central Florida at 6.5 wins. So is Oklahoma State. Uh, Iowa State at 5.5. Kansas at 5.5. Cincinnati at 5.5. West Virginia at 5.5. And, and then BYU and Houston kind of bring up the rear there at 4.5. Now, a couple of things I think are interesting here. Each of these teams will play 12 12 uh, regular season games, right? And so the theory there is, is if you think that UT Austin wins more than nine and a half games, you're expecting them to go 10 and two or better on a big 12 schedule that also includes Alabama. Um, I guess theoretically they could choke the Red River shootout and the Alabama game and still have over 10 wins. And I, you know, I guess if that's as strong as you think they are, that's one way to go about it. Um, But I think the interesting thing here is that the odds makers are predicting Texas and Oklahoma to run through the conference on their way out. Both teams are headed to the SEC after the 2023 season. And so you're seeing this. I don't know. I, I just don't see that. I understand like people assume that maybe they've like already functionally SEC teams, but I, I just don't, I don't mean to be rude. I don't see them like that yet. Um, we've seen Oklahoma be absolutely terrible last year. Oklahoma was six and seven with six of those seven losses being in conference losses, right? I mean, they're predicted to win nine and a half games next year. I know things change, but man, that's that's a lot. Um, I, I feel like I look at UT Austin and they have a, you know, by all the recruiting metrics, a great roster, right? Quinn Ewers and the Manning nephew and da 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 right? But what I will say is how many times under a slew of coaches in the last, what, 15 years, have we seen them have those same five-star prospects and not win 10, 11 games. Like I understand that Sark, it's his turn to do that. But like at the end of the day, that seems to happen to them more often than not across the last decade and a half. And we're talking about a program with as much money and resources as anyone in America that has won national title since they integrated their team, right? Like this is not that like legacy program. I think that their uh, dollar symbols would indicate because when they get favored like this, something typically goes wrong and the odds makers are trying to put money or trying you to put money on the fact that it won't. Um, I think the other thing that's interesting looking at this is if you look at the nine and a half wins for both Texas and Oklahoma at the top, and then the amount of teams that have six and a half or less wins as they're over under, what they're really kind of showing is that they expect Texas and Oklahoma to run through this thing and thus add up losses for all of the other teams. Um, I also think I look at this list. Anyway, I got a problem with that. And and I, I think I've sat on that for long enough. Um, I also see this as central Florida and Cincinnati, both being group of five teams that come in notably higher than Houston and kind of wonder why. I mean, Houston, again, has guys that I think are legitimate pros in several positions. Dana Holgerson has been in this conference before. Uh, they pulled in transfer quarterbacks. Coley from a year ago came in from Arkansas, and Donovan Smith came in from Texas Tech. That's the kind of programs that would be accustomed to competing in the Big 12, so those guys should theoretically have some understanding of what's happening here. Um, 
truthfully, as I look at this, I'm like, what is going on here? Why is Central Florida and Cincinnati so much higher? I guess Cincinnati is just a win higher, but Central Florida being two wins higher feels significant. Um, anyway, I you know Cincinnati, which is the college football playoff a couple years ago. Like if we're differentiating programs based on recent history, they were just in the college football playoff, and Houston was just twelve and two in the 2021 season. Why are they so much lower on this list? Um, and if we're gonna you know look at history at all, why is TCU at just plus over under seven and a half wins? Um, do I really think like Sunny Dykes and TCU have fallen off? that much is that a metric looking at those close games they won a year ago and saying they can't possibly win that many of those this year i mean i understand that duggan is off the league or whatever i think it was on udfa double check me on that tell me in the comments below I, I probably should know that um but truthfully you could like duggan and, and tcu and it's like but that machine has kept rolling they got a bunch of big time transfers in they got a bunch of big time recruits in uh, they're building on it uh, you know I hate I hate giving too much credit to Sonny Dykes after his time at SMU, but he kind of has that thing built ready to roll, and that's why I see them as a model for what Houston's doing. Um, you know, then the other thing that strikes me, like Texas Tech at seven and a half, Baylor at seven and a half, like Texas Tech and Houston went to triple overtime last year. Or, like I, I don't I don't see that as like this uh, anyway. I, I I I I'm stumbling my words here because I just look at that as like, are they really that different from Houston? Why are they sitting so much higher? In this, so needless to say, folks, um, I'm saying to head to FanDuel and put some money on Houston getting over five wins because I think they've got the top of this conference as a lot stronger than it is relative to Houston. That's not to say that we enter the wrong conference join the Big 12 at all, it's a very natural fit in a power conference. But I am saying that I look at this and think, huh, they really think that that many people are going to put money on some of those teams at the top and not those teams at the bottom, and I don't see things that way as i look at it now i will say i want to talk some of the third segment about the exciting baseball team in their last season american athletic conference because i think it's easy to look forward to next football season in the big 12 and kind of forget about our time in the american but truthfully the american conference the final american conference season for the houston cougar baseball team is going incredible it's want to get to them in the third segment and let's jump on into that i guess right um now the baseball team for the first, is finally ranked. They were ranked 30th in the collegiate baseball newspaper. It's the first time they've been ranked in any major publication since 2018. That's a big deal, folks. Um, they've won six straight conference series. That doesn't just happen, especially when you look at the pitching injuries. They were uh, 10 games below 500 earlier in the like, pre-conference part of the season, um, which is also probably why it took them so long to get ranked with all that winning. Uh, they currently have sole possession of first place in the AAC. Um, you know, their final road conference series in the AAC is this weekend against Tulane. Uh, Tulane is having a just below 500 in the conference kind of season. Um, so, theoretically, Houston should be able to peel off a couple of those. The real important thing for Houston, though, will be they have to close out with wins against Tulane and Cincinnati next weekend at home um, because, frankly, East Carolina is in second and just a half a game behind in the standing. So how they win those series, right, and, frankly, like winning those series at least keeping up with even with East Carolina. So if East Carolina sweeps this weekend, Houston needs to also sweep this weekend and keep that half game advantage. Houston has the half game advantage because last Sunday, right, the Wichita State game was rained out, weathered out, lightninged out, and thus, I mean, you don't swing metal bats and lightning, I guess, apparently. Um, 
but because of that, there's just a half game advantage. Had they beat Wichita State on Sunday, they would have been a full game up. I will say if they are tied, Houston will win the tiebreaker because they won the season series to open conference play uh, two games to one. And so they will be up in this, like if things were to go to a tie, I guess theoretically would also be on top of that. So maybe it feels more like a game and a half as opposed to a half game. Um, but if we're going to talk about like names and guys look out for this weekend, if you're watching those two lane games on ESPN plus, or if you want to drive new Orleans, because it's a fun city to go visit on a weekend, um, you've got to be paying attention to this Justin Murray kid. He's having as great a May as anybody in America. Um, he is both a pitcher and a batter and doing it with both. He has eight saves, three wins, and no losses as a pitcher. Uh, comes in relief and closes some. Um, he also leads Houston in triples, is second in batting average, runs, hits, and RBIs. Um, he made the like American Athletic Conference unroll last season or last week. I mean, um, he is having a tremendous season. That's the merging of words ahead there. Um, tremendous, tremendous season. And frankly, is going to need another couple weeks here of tremendous baseball to continue to, you know, lead Houston to the forefront. Now, Zach Arnold's also having a great season at the bat, uh, putting it all over the park and getting on base with regularity. Um, he leads the team in average. And I have to say that um, it seems like, as far as the rest of Cougars go, there's kind of a different star every night if you're a college baseball person or just a baseball person or just a Houston Cougar person. And I'm betting you are because you're nodding right now. Um, it's a fun thing to watch, man. This team is good, good, and fun. And they play competitive fun games are winning seven to three and scoring all seven runs after the fourth inning. Uh, you know, things like that, that get exciting and our you know, college baseball with the ding of the bats are really, really fun game to follow. Um, again, they play at Tulane this weekend. They're a half game up East Carolina and then they play Cincinnati next weekend, both are three game series and they need to win both of those to maintain that lead. I guess theoretically we could hope that East Carolina drops some East Carolina has been ranked ahead of Houston all season, that upset win to start the, the conference play, I think, is still kind of shock some of the national writers. Um, but that is to say that East Carolina is also good. So, like, Houston needs to keep on winning to stay ahead. Um, if you're going to be following the baseball game or if you want to talk about the Cougs on betting odds, Big 12 football, any basketball transfer portal, is, I guess no one else can enter it now. Um, but Houston can still pull that last scholarship spot and go get someone in it. All that stuff, you can find me at Paynesworth, 512 P-A-I-N-S-W-R-T-H, 512 on Twitter, Instagram, and all of your social media handles. We'll be happy to talk all things Cougs. Uh, the Rockets draft lottery is on Tuesday. Kind of hopeful there. Um, we can also talk about after that where Jairus Walker will end up. Um, Texans are having a great offseason. Tank Dell is going to be number 13. The CJ Stroud to Tank Dell combination is going to be 7 to 13. That's fun. Uh, the Astros are kind of up and down. Got to get healthy. Got to get some arms in before the deadline in, Ju in July. So we'll see. All those kind of things. You can talk to me about that on Twitter as well. Uh, find me wherever you find people at Painsworth 512 P-A-I-N-S-W-R-T-H-5-1-2 on Twitter, Instagram, and all of your social media handles. Thank you so much for listening to Locked on Coops today. Uh, if you're looking for a second listen of the day, I'm going to recommend, because I think it's got some chaos going on in it right now, to go listen to Locked on College Basketball. They're doing a great job of covering all basketball movement and all this player craziness. Uh, you can get some more insights on the Big 12 as well. Teams like Kansas doing pretty well in the whole transportal nonsense. Uh, so make sure you check out that show. They're doing a great job over there. Thank you all so much for tuning in to Locked on Cougs. Locked on Cougs, the primary Locked on Podcast Network. That means your team every day. Go Cougs.